my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're following the theme, End Time Delusions. And the big question for today, how significant is Israel at the end times? Today our co-host is Pastor Joseph Matichik and Joseph is the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Welcome to you, Joseph. Great to be here, Gary. It is fantastic to have you back uh, once again mm. and uh, to have you here on a Wednesday because normally you come here on um, Monday. That's right. But yes. right now David is having a well-earned break. He's, he's holidaying, which means you've got to work twice as hard. Oh, that's what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah. Tell me something. How are you adjusting to uh, to daylight robbery? <laughs> daylight robbery. Yeah, the change of clocks. The yeah, change we, of clocks. We, that's we, it, we, yeah. Where we lose an hour, Gary. Where we the, lose an hour. That's right. Yeah. You know, some of us more. Born miserably about it. Yeah, I, I guess you, I certainly noticed it in the, uh, initially when, in the first day or so, um, uh, particularly um, when, um, uh, yeah, you've kind of, it gets brighter earlier, so to speak, but also um, uh, sometimes if I'm out and about or outside and I'm, I'm just working while there's daylight and yeah. then when it gets dark, I come in and I think, oh, goodness, it, it's <laughs> it's much later than what I realised. Indeed, indeed. I, I'm one of those people that in the morning, I can often have, uh, you know, had my breakfast, spent some time in devotions, I've been able to go for my walk and I've done it all before anyone gets out of bed, you know, and then you sort of bring in daylight robbery and, <laughs> hey, you know, it's I sort of say unfair, unfair, Every every single uh, single year, but uh, anyway, that's the way it the way it goes. Uh, tell us, um, Joseph. This week we're following the theme end time delusions, and the big question today is how significant is Israel at the end times? Before we go there, though, I picked up a, an article uh, that really intrigued me. In fact, I think you're the one who actually flicked this one to me. I really mm. appreciate people who flick us articles and uh, uh, challenging thoughts that we can actually uh, talk about, and this. This article was entitled, Gary Ablett's uh, Wild Emergence from Life as a Recruit as a recluse. Now, I found this intriguing. Now, of course, AFL legend Gary Ablett Sr. has uploaded a lengthy face-to-camera video in which he claims coronavirus was deliberately made and designed and deliberately released by the Illuminati and other secret societies. The 27-minute video entitled What's Really Going On and Who's Behind It was uploaded to YouTube last, I think it was the previous Thursday. In it, 58-year-old shares a number of conspiracy theories related to COVID-19. I feel a bit, a little bit motivated and compelled to come out and say some things that really need to be said concerning our current circumstances, Ablett Senior said. We're looking, uh, we're talking about the Illuminati, Freemasonry, fraternity, secret society, and who's behind all this? It's been going on now, he says, uh, since way back in 1776. They've been working on this for a long time to bring in a new world order. They're all globalists wanting a new world order so they can put Lucifer on the throne of the world. This is an amazing uh, statement. The virus was deliberately made, he says, and designed and deliberately released 
by these people because they're using it as a camouflage for their many globalist agendas, including the main one to crash the global economy. They're desperate to crash the global economy because they want to bring in a new global digital currency, cashless society, that will lead to the mark of the beast which is revealed in the book of Revelation. The Illuminati's goal is also, the article says, uh, to reduce the population of the world to 500 million because 7.7 billion people are simply too hard to control. If you do your studying, the vaccines they're planning to give us all are are very harmful to us and they will actually kill us. And that's what they've actually been trying to do, to wipe out a huge portion of the population. Ablett Senior also suggests the global pandemic shows the second coming of Jesus Christ is imminent. I've studied a lot of end-time prophecy and it's all happening right now. I can definitely tell you that we're in the last days leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Christ, Ablett Senior said. He came a first time as a lamb. He died on the cross for our sins and he's coming back now, but this time he's coming as king. He's going to come back and take over. He's going to crunch the evil one and all evil. He will set up his throne, literally, in Jerusalem. It's all about to happen. The rapture of the church, it's close, it's imminent. The Geelong Great also labels Victorian Premier Daniel Andels a puppet, and so he so he goes on. Ablett Senior, of course, is a four-time All-Australian, a three-time Coleman medalist. He was inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame and was named in the AFL a team of the century. Now, this you know, I mean, Ablett. And senior is is someone here who has obviously got a, a name for himself. He's well known, mm. and yet he puts a twenty seven minute up on YouTube that is sharing about the times in which we live. I mean, how do you view this article? So, so of course, Gary, everything you've just said is is what Ga- uh, what Gary Ablett exactly. Yeah, this yeah. is what Ablett is actually yeah, just, saying. I just wanted to make it clear. Oh, yeah, this, is, reading, this is this is not what we're saying. This yeah. is word word for word from the article. Yeah, that, yeah ref, uh, quoting his his thing. Yeah, look. Um, I, initially, I, I spotted this, Gary. I must I, I must state from the outset. Um, it caught my eye when I saw it. It, it had something to do with Ablett and, and football. I mean, I I'm a quite an avid follower of AFL football. I actually remember Gary Ablett Senior as a player. Um, he was an incredible player, and, and there's there's a bit of irony here in the sense that um, uh, when he used to play, this was well before any days that he was interested, I think, in anything spiritual. <laughs> um, he had he was actually nicknamed God. Um, okay. Not not because um, not I didn't be- realize that. Not not because he was. Um, Spiritual, uh, but he was just a really freakish player. He could he could turn a game uh, j- just himself, um, wow, t- t- turn, turn the match, and um, played incredibly well. Of course, he retired, and then um, yeah, I think his life went a little bit haywire. Got caught up whether into some sort of drugs and whatever else. <laughs> um, he, he was in the news for all the wrong reasons there yeah, for, for whatnot. Yeah. Got got mixed up in things and. Um, he supposedly has had um, some sort of a conversion. Uh, he's gotten involved in in, in, in the Christian church and, and does some speaking. And, and lo and behold, you've got you've got this. His his son now plays, uh, also an incredible player, and is also a a, a, a professed committed Christian. His his son. Um, but interesting. I mean, uh, he he goes on here really about this whole issue that the the current coronavirus is essentially a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that it, that's been put in there to to control human population and um, uh, yeah, for for certain powers to, to to take control. And he suggests then he links that into into Bible prophecy. Um, so. 
yeah, he, he's kind of kind of gone off on, um, as I say, a, a conspiracy theory here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he links into, into Bible prophecy. Uh, it talks about that Jesus is coming back soon. Now, we we believe, you and I clearly We would agree with him on that particular on the, on, point, on that, that Jesus point. is, yeah. in fact, going to come back very soon. I think that's... Exactly we talked right. about that yesterday, and that was something that I think was... Eric managed to establish very well yesterday. That's certainly a scriptural belief. That's right. And and then he, but he goes on. Then he talks about the rapture of the church. Uh, it's interesting. He says he's, he studied Revelation, uh, and it refers to some elements of Re- Revelation. So, yeah, th- there are some elements there in in those prophecies in Revelation, um, Gary. But um, yeah. I, I guess it, it's it's the sort of the spin he's put on it, and the fact that the media's jumped on this and and, and is quoting this that just makes us yeah want to ask some questions to, to say the least. It's really actually quite sensational. Yeah. what he's actually saying, isn't it? You know, I mean, how do you actually define the difference between I suppose that which is well, let me call it truthful but strange, and that which is totally outlandish, you know, yeah. because, I mean, as I think of the Bible, I mean, there are some th- truthful things in there that, you know, you know, some people might say, hey, that sounds rather, and when you start to talk about Antichrist, you know, mm. when you speak of 666, when you talk about the mark of the beast, I mean, these were all uh, biblical They're all teachings. mentioned. They're yep. all mentioned in yep. the scriptures. Scripture They're actually scripture. scriptural uh, based. Yep. Um, I mean, and yet... Um, there are those things which are, I would call it, even more outlandish than what is actually within the scriptures. How do you actually, you know, deal with the difference between it? Is there a difference between the two? It's very important to understand the difference because if we do not, uh, it can lead us into into really dangerous interpretations and, and sometimes yeah. even cultish yeah. cultish yeah. Uh, teachings. As a result, scripture ultimately uh, is meant to be understood. God wants His word to be understood. Yeah. Um, scripture is its own interpreter, too, Gary. Do you think that um, include a prophecy is included in what you've just said? I'd say so. Yes, and so the and there is a there is a um, there is a theme through scripture. This scripture is to reveal God to us, His will for us, and um, and His pl- and the plan of salvation. Yeah. Um, and so, and there is an overall theme, and the overall theme is is I guess um, obedience to God. And uh, it teaches that if there if we choose not to obey God, that, that, that there will be I guess there will be consequences. And yeah, yeah. You know, God God provides a way for humanity and uh, and outlines what happens if humanity chooses otherwise. So that's sort of the overall theme. And then Revelation. In particular, is of interest because it does talk about last day events, but the context there is about uh, a contest between true and false worship, and so that's mm-hmm. the overall theme. And yeah, there, it does mention some, some perhaps some uh, truthful but strange things. A uh, way to be mindful of it becoming outlandish is to keep in mind that it's it's the revelation of Jesus that it's talking about the whole theme of worship ultimately, yeah. and so whatever it might be referring to is ultimately got to be seen in the context of. Um, Truth and error between between true and false worship. Sometimes some people have gone off and and, and identified um, very specific current events and say oh, that's mm-hmm. that's what the Bible's pinpointing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, that that I think it, it, that that's where it can get outlandish. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's missing the, the big context. It's missing missing the idea that the Bible is meant to be understood. It's not meant to be kind of like a a direct code where this 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 iota thing here is going to directly re- re- relate to this. And um, I think and, you pick up an important point there, Joseph, because uh, to me, what certainly I mean, my understanding is that Scripture is its own interpreter. Yeah. 
And I think it's just so important that we understand this principle of interpreting the Bible. You know, I mean, the theologians call it hermeneutics. I mean, yeah. it's a big fancy word that, you know, nobody ever uses. But this R- understanding. Rightly dividing it. Yeah. Right rightly, into, rightly understanding it. Allowing yeah. scripture to actually interpret itself. Because, mm. you know, I, I'm conscious that, you know, um, you know, Ablett Senior here, Senior here has certainly made a, a correct conclusion when he says that, uh, um, we are in the last days leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That, to yeah. me, I can agree. Yeah, with and that the, Jesus came first as a lamb and he's going to come back again as king. That's, yeah. That's a, but when we start to bring in the Illuminati, yeah. you know, that's where I start to say, hey, there's actually a problem here because actually we're moving uh, into extra biblical material. And uh, to me, it's important, I believe, to be able to go as far as the scriptures are, take us. Yeah. But don't go further. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that reasonable? That's reasonable, and and, you, and and to be cautious if you if you're wanting to extrapolate something further, to, to yeah. be I guess be tentative, be cautious rather than dogmatic and and um and, and yeah overzealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that, Joseph. I really, uh, I found this an absolutely intriguing article. I'm glad you actually um, sent it, uh, sent it to us. And uh, can I encourage any of our listeners? Look, if, if you've got a, a question or an article uh, that uh, that you'd like us to discuss on air, more than happy to to do that. Uh, you can just uh, flick that to uh, uh, to our studio phone here. That's oh four three eight zero double six six three five. That's oh four three eight zero double six six three five. And um, uh, and we're happy uh, to send you a small gift uh, for uh, uh, for your question as well. Really do appreciate that, Joseph. Look, let's come to some uh, some music. Um, let's come to uh, Keith Green. Uh, love uh, love his music. Uh, there is a redeemer. God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One, Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb of God. Over sinners slain Yeah. 
was God's own son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah. Take Faith FM on the go with the free Faith FM app, available for Apple and Android. That is a fantastic uh, little app. Uh, guys, look, if you uh, if you appreciate Faith FM, why not download the Faith FM app? Joseph, mm. have you got the Faith FM app on your phone? I do, Gary, yeah. I have downloaded it downloaded some time ago, and um, it, it's really, really good because it, no matter where I am, Gary, it means that I can um, listen to Faith FM. Um, I'm not reliant on um, perhaps the... Um, uh, the radio station frequency being, you know, being clear enough. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It comes through crystal clear, uh, through the app. Uh, I can, I can listen to it. And, um, and particularly if, um, if I've missed the show. Yep. Uh, can easily, uh, search it up and, um, and, uh, yeah, download the podcast and, and just listen to it again. Yeah. The wonderful thing is, is while you're going on your morning walk of a morning, you yep. can actually have it uh, sitting in your pocket. And if you've missed uh, drive time yesterday, That's uh, you can pick up drive time at six o'clock in the morning while you're, while you're out walking. Now, I'm really conscious that some of our, um, some of our folk have commented that because we're only functioning on low power yeah. FM, yep. uh, some of the reception in some areas is a little bit problematical. But yep. This actually overcomes that. It does. Yeah. And, and, and so look, uh, folks, look, uh, can I just encourage you, uh, please, uh, go to your app store, your favorite Apple or, um, Android uh, app store. Mm. Uh, look for Faith FM Australia. Make sure you put that Australia there. Faith FM Australia. And you can download free of charge a Faith FM Australia app and you can enjoy Faith FM, any of the back programs. Um, you can listen live online. Uh, you'll really appreciate this, mm. uh, this particular app. Uh, folks, it's um, uh, welcome back. You're, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, today our co-host is Pastor Joseph Matichik, and Joseph's the Executive Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Oz. This week we're following the theme, End Time Delusions, and we're looking at two of them in, in particular. And the big question for today is how significant is Israel at the end times? Now, yesterday we looked at the scriptures uh, concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. One of the things we uh, we found there that was that this is an incredibly audible event. It's seen over the entire world. And yet, Joseph, the thing I'm so conscious of is that there are many who see Israel as taking a significant role prior to the coming of Jesus Christ. Look, is that a, a reasonable biblical conclusion? 
Gary, it is interesting that a lot of Christians do see Israel as playing a significant role. I, I've, I've come across here and, and brought a, a few along with me today, uh, newspapers, magazines. This one's called Israel and Christians Today, an Australian edition. Okay. Uh, a newspaper from a few years ago. It's got a few interesting articles there, uh, one at the back there uh, providing an, a, a My Prayer for the Jewish People, uh, where people can also um, donate. My, uh, they want to support Christians for Israel. Uh, a few years ago, I had um, someone pass to me uh, th- this magazine, Israel News Digest, War Clouds Gather Over the Middle East. And it goes on and talks about what's, what's been happening uh, in Israel. It, it's got a, um, quotes from, um, uh, from the Old Testament. Uh, another one here, Bridges for Peace, Israel Teaching Letter. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a, there is an interest there amongst uh, Christians um, about Israel. They, they believe that Israel is going to play an important part in the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, particularly yeah. in the last days. Yeah. Uh, now, this view of Bible prophecy uh, is known as as futurism um, uh, or dispensationalism. A uh, couple of big words. We don't need to get hung up on on the terms yeah. as yeah. such. Essentially, yeah. it's you know, even just the name is sort of indicative of what it's kind of looking at. And futurism meaning that it's uh, portions of prophecy that are going to be fulfilled in the future. Um, and the basic outline of events is, is like this, Gary. Um, the Jews, uh, so people who hold this view, see that the Jews are going to be restored to their homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now th- this has been seen as being fulfilled. Uh, this with, is being progressively re- pro- fulfilled, so some would say. Yes, uh, although others see that 1948, the establishment yes. of the state of Israel yes. in 1948, was a very significant year. Yes. Um, so that's that's first thing. The second thing they see is the Jews will then recover the city of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They see this as being fulfilled as a result of the Six Day War in 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the third element uh, event to take place, and that is that the Jews will rebuild the temple. And sacrifices will resume at the temple there. And that, of course, is a remarkable belief, but many are actually looking forward to that particular event. That's right. So the first two, in a sense, have been fulfilled, Mm. and they're saying, well, there's just this one that's going to take place. Now, there are some further elements connected with this. one is this idea of the the last years, or what we can call the uh, the seven year period. Seven year period, yeah. Um, that that's actually taken from uh, a prophecy in Daniel chapter nine, uh, which talks about uh, a seventy weeks uh, mm-hmm. that are uh, determined for your people. It, it says there in Daniel chapter nine, verses twenty four through to twenty seven. Um, however, unfortunately, the, the, that seventy week prophecy, the, the, the final week of that seventy. Um, is is arbitrarily extracted. It's actually taken out of context, isn't it? Mm. And put and, and it says um, so. It, uh, the previous time period uh, element of that time period, they say, has all been fulfilled. Yeah, long long ago. But the seventieth week, the last seven, is taken and put well into the future. Yeah, and and yeah. In, in that week, they say, in that period of seven, certain things are going to take place. For example, um, it, it will begin with what's known as the secret rapture. Secret. And that's the thing we're going to deal with tomorrow, and I think it's important to actually pick up on that. Mm. You know, does the Scripture speak of a secret rapture? Well, our friend Gary Ablett uh, has, yes. has come out, in, you know, as, this, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, saying that the, the rapture is 
imminent. Indeed. <laughs> so Indeed. really looking forward then to tomorrow's presentation yeah. because it's, it, it's a really significant topic. Anyway, the secret rapture marks the beginning of this seven-year period. Uh, Christians are raptured or removed from the earth and they're taken to heaven. And then uh, on here on earth, God begins an incredible work with the Jews where the Jews uh, evangelize the world, so to speak. Um, also, what happens then at this period, um, an Antichrist figure appears, a world leader um, who, f- who, forms, who initially forms an alliance with the Jews, uh, allows the temple to be rebuilt, sacrifices to, to resume, but then this dictator, this well, it suggests that he'll be some sort of like a dictator or some leading figure. But this antichrist person then breaks the alliance with the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, about three and a half years into this time period, uh, begins a time of trouble and 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 leads into what's known as Armageddon, a, a mm-hmm. conflict, a battle, and that then comes to the next event, which is. The setting up of a Jew- Jewish millennial kingdom, where Christ and uh, the, the the Christians, the raptured Christians, the Christians that are they're ta- raptured to heaven, they they return and they halt the battle mm. of Armageddon. Mm. Antichrist and his forces are killed. Israel then uh, comes and believes and accepts Jesus Christ, and a th- and then a thousand year kingdom of peace is ushered in. So what I've sketched out there is 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 just just a very it's quite a complex uh, scenario, isn't it? Yeah, and and I've just brushed over it very quickly just yeah. to give people a bit of an idea. But you can see there, Gary. Though it, 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 the real interest is in and around Israel, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Um, the reestablishment of Israel, um, Israel being returned to their homeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Palestine, whether that's the correct term, or the, the land of Israel, just we want to be more yeah. accurate, and then, and then this period of seven years with with the beginning with the sepulchre, with a rapture, an antichrist figure, um, the temple in Jerusalem, a literal temple in Jerusalem being rebuilt, and that featuring, and then that ushering in the end, and and, and so on. So it, it's it, very much a focus on, on on that. And I remember Gary a number of years ago, I went to a lecture. Uh, by a gentleman, he was he was a presenter, mm-hmm. a, a teacher uh, on on Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. and uh, he essentially was sharing about this very thing. Mm-hmm. J- j- it pretty much gave that outline what I've just referred to. Yeah, yeah. I remember him stating that there are a number of events that the Bible predicts will happen before the end of the world. The first event that he mentioned, the first event he said, is the return, and, you know, and I'm a, I'm, I, I went there, I'm interested, I mean, I'm, mm, I'm a mm, St. Adventist pastor, I, mm, I love the mm, Bible, mm. I love Bible prophecy, I love, I, um, uh, I, you know, very much am interested in end time events, Gary, and so I'm, I'm interested in this, and he said the first event, uh, he said there's a number of events that must be fulfilled before Jesus comes back, and he said the first one is the return of Israel, uh, yeah, the return of, of the Jews to the land of Israel. And I remember him saying, he said, Christ will not return until after the restoration of the Jewish people. Okay. And then he emphatically okay. stated, this has been fulfilled in 1948, he said. Okay. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, that, that struck with me. You know, I, I remember him in, in going on and he, he went on and shared more about how Israel is, is significant in this. I mean, it all leads us then to ask the question, doesn't it, Gary? Why this focus on Israel? 
Do you think that this this focus comes? I mean, I'm conscious that our series of books were put out some time ago called the Left Behind series. It was a series of novels. Uh, I think there were about ten or twelve in in the series, and they became immensely popular yes. uh, within the Christian world. Uh, do you think that you know a lot of this theology might come from uh, that particular series of books? It does well. I, I think this theology has certainly been the the basis for that that, that, that series of books, where, oh. as you said, a novel series. So, you know, not not a not, novel not, is a novel is a novel. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what they've what they've taken is this this idea of of this. Uh, Future seven years, yeah. and um, in a sense, said, "Okay, this is possibly what he could look like," and, and developed an entire series of books, yeah. uh, which, as you said, have become very popular. And so, yes, it, it, clearly, this this understanding of prophecy has been the basis for for that series of books. It's uh, pop, in a sense, they popularized it. It's popularized it yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it, 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 you need to ask then the question: Why this focus on Israel? What is it based on? Uh, I've alluded to a little bit of. The prophecy in Daniel 9, is that it? Well, actually, Gary, in order to answer the question, what's the go with Israel? Why is Gary Ablett, for example, you know, talking uh, about talking Israel? About it? Yeah. Why have I got these, you know, magazines that yeah. re- refer yeah. to it? It's actually, here's the reason. It, it, it's, it's based on numerous predictions in the Old Testament, predictions that refer to the return of the Jews to their homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of them, Gary. I, I mean, I'm I'm only going to pick out a couple of key ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, for example, um, in Ezekiel uh, chapter 36 uh, and verse 24, uh, it, it, there's a prediction here where God says, "I will," referring to to the, the Jews, his people, Israel. He says, "I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land." Mm. Notice that. Um, then there's 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 a, there's a few others throughout, and particularly throughout the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter thirty two, and this one is in uh, in verse thirty seven. God says, "I will surely gather them," referring to the Israelites from all the lands where I banished them in my furious anger and great wrath, and I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's another one in the very next chapter, chapter 33 and verse 7. God says, I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity. That's an interesting word. That's an interesting word, yeah. yeah. We'll come back to that one. And we'll rebuild them as they were before. Um, then then there's one in, in, in Amos, for example, Amos chapter 9 and... Um, well, I'll take it from verse 14, verses 14 and 15, uh, says this, and God says, and I will bring my people Israel back from exile. Uh, they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted for the land I ha- from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Wow. Uh, so that, that's just a sampling, Gary, of predictions in the Old Testament that, that refer to uh, God saying that the, that the Jews are going to be returned to their homeland. And these are the passages which are picked up. Yes. Mm, they're picked okay. up and said, there it is. The Bible says it very clearly. You cannot cannot escape it. It, it. Isn't it plain? It, 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 it Very simple. It, it clearly says uh, the people are going to be gathered, the Israelites are going to be gathered back to the land, back to their homeland. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Yeah, true. We, we, we've read that. There are a number of them. As I said, uh, I've just read a few, and then there are other references. So what do we make of this? Here's what we need to understand. We, we, need, to, we need to understand a number of key points. The first point that I want to make, Gary, is this, that there is what's called a conditional element to Old Testament prophecies. Okay, okay. Yes, Israel was God's chosen nation. Mm. Clearly, we, we read that right from the beginning, Genesis chapter 12, initially if you want to go that far back with, you know, with the call to Abraham and so on. Yes, God promised them that they would inherit the land. However, there is a conditional element to God's promises. Mm-hmm. The predictions of Israel being given the land was conditional upon their obedience and loyalty to God. Wow! Yeah, uh, way back in in to, to, to th- well through Moses, you read this in Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight. Uh, in Deuteronomy twenty eight, God essentially said that if it, 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 there's what's called these um these blessings and curses, essentially He outlines there uh, that if the people were obedient, if they say faithful. That they would receive the blessings, they'd be in the land, etc., mm. etc., etc., et and and obviously if they weren't, that wasn't going to be the case. Um, the the conditional element is even more clearly uh, seen in Jeremiah chapter chapter eighteen, Gary. Jeremiah chapter eighteen, uh, verses uh, seven seven to ten. God says this here: If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted torn down and destroyed and if that nation I warned repents of its evil notice that Mm -hmm. then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned Mm -hmm. credible words Mm. so God here is saying you know even if there's a prediction made of something's going to happen in this case uh, destruction if if the people turn if they repent that destruction will not go ahead. Okay. Does, uh, it, does it keep going? That it, it does. And if at any, if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Wow. You know, Joseph, this is actually so important what you're saying now because what you're doing is giving us a principle of understanding the word of God. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, even Christ in the in his parables is making it's important to look at the point that he's trying to make and in this particular passage, you know, we're we're looking at that issue of how do we understand predictive prophecy? And what you've done is brought another principle in that's important that we actually be aware of. That's right. Um, yeah, and and the element here is that the prophecies were conditional upon human human obedience. So the Jewish right to the land was conditional upon their obedience to God. They went in, the Jews went into apostasy. God gave them warnings. So, yes, yeah, the Jews apostatized. God warned them. And, and we're, uh, the classic here is Jeremiah. Time and again, there were messages. There, and it wasn't just Jeremiah. There, there were others that were sent. Um, turn back to God. Repent. Change your ways. If you don't, you'll be taken into captivity. Mm, mm. Eventually they were. Yeah. They were taken into captivity off to Babylon. That leads me to the next key point. The next key point is this, Gary. The predictions... That we read at, at the earlier those passages that, that said that you know, I will bring you back to your land, you will come back to your land. They were fulfilled, Gary, with 
the Jewish return from Babylonian captivity. Okay. Yeah, so of, of course. because The that- Jews went to Babylon, spent 70 years, and then they returned back to their homeland. And, of course, you read the story of them coming back in Ezra and in Nehemiah. Ezra and Nehemiah, that's right, yeah. Jeremiah himself said that you, you'd be gone for 70 years and then God will bring you back. Ezekiel and, and others prophesied that they, they will come back. So th- th- those passages that talk about Israel being restored were actually fulfilled. Mm. Uh, now, now, some may kind of say, oh, but it, 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 it's not to the fullest extent. And the gentleman I went to listen to, that's the counter-argument he gave me, Gary. Mm. Mm. Um, however, uh, it clearly shows us, though, that that um, still they were, they were re- returned. Now, that leads me to another point, and that is um, there, there is, with, with, with this emphasis on Israel and looking at Israel today you know, pe- being restored to to, to their homeland, that's actually being inconsistent with the use of the Bible. And we're here very big at Faith yeah, FM on yeah. being consistent with Scripture. Yeah. What do I mean by inconsistent? Well, those who quote those Old Testament passages about Israel's return to Palestine, they take those verses so literally, Gary, yet they ignore the other passages. You can't do that. Mm. You have to be consistent. Mm. For example, in Isaiah chapter 11, it talks about that in returning to Palestine, the Israelites will, listen to this, will, they will destroy the Philistines, the Moabites, the Edomites, and the Ammonites. Now, the, these Christians who focus on Israel, they don't talk about this. Mm. They don't mention these nations. Why? Mm. Because these nations don't exist anymore. Mm. They don't exist literally as Philistines or the Moabites anymore. Yeah. So they're not being consistent. They're saying, they take very literally where it says that Israel is going to come back to their homeland, Oh, but if it mentions nations that don't exist in it, well, well, we better not mention that. So they're being inconsistent. The next key point is probably the, the, the main one in the whole thing, and that is the New Testament is the key to understanding the role of Israel. Now, this is so important, this this point that you're making here. You know, to me, it, it's I've seen people's faces light up when they've come to understand this New Testament interpretation. And, and that's, again, where we see this beautiful harmony and mm. unity through all the Bible, Gary. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and, that's, that, and it really helps us in understanding Israel yeah. and its role in end-time prophecy. The New Testament, so let me just say it at the outset and then we'll, we'll, we'll look at some evidence. But essentially the New Testament can, doesn't contain any verse anywhere that talks about the rebuilding of a temple in Palestine in order to restore the sacrificial system. And that includes the book of Revelation. That's right. Uh, no, nor does it talk about an antichrist that's going to come down and sit in the temple and cause a great tribulation. It's not in Scripture. Yeah. Um, so when we come to the New Testament, of course we come to Jesus Christ. The test for Israel, the test for Israel as a nation, came in their response to Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. When Jesus came, uh, Jesus... Initial work was with his 12 disciples. They were, they were Jews, and he actually said to his Jews, first go to the lost sheep of Israel. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself came to gather all people to himself. Matthew 12, verse 30 sort of indicates that. Uh, but Jesus also indicated, he said, I have other sheep. Who are not of this fold. Who are not of this fold. So what we find is something that where Jesus is beginning to extend uh, who his people are going to be. Mm-hmm. Key verse, John one eleven. Jesus, uh, it says there that referring to Jesus, it says he came to his own, and his own received, received him, him not. not. Yeah. 
Israel, now here's the point, Gary. Uh, I'm going to state it, and then we're going to look at a key passage. Israel as a nation lost their chosen status when they rejected Jesus as the Messiah and crucified him. This is nowhere better seen than in in that story that's told in Matthew twenty one. Yeah, uh, it, it's a it's it's a, a parable that Jesus shares. Matthew twenty one, uh, and and I'm not going to read the whole one. Essentially, it talks. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire one. It's fairly lengthy. It goes from verse 33 uh, to 46. Uh, it, it tells a story of a landowner who planted a vineyard. Put a wall around it, uh, dug a wine press in it, built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard out to some farmers, moved to another place. When harvest time came, he sent his servants um, to collect the fruit. But what ended up happening is the um, the tenants seized the servants. They beat one, killed another, stoned a third. Uh, eventually, he said, "I will send them my son. son. They will respect my son." But the story says that when they, when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, "This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inter- inheritance." And then, um, what's the owner of the vineyard going to do when he comes? He's going to bring those wretches to an end. He says, uh, "Rent the vineyard to other tenants," and um, and uh, and then and then the key verse is verse forty three. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Mm. This this parable, this story about the vineyard represents the, the nation of Israel. They didn't produce the fruit and it was taken from them and, and given, given to, to another. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Gary, uh, the listeners, the Jews, knew exactly who Jesus was referring to. They knew exactly that he's referring to them. That they were going to lose their inheritance. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. And and the way we know that is because we read on here in verse 45, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. That's what it says here. <laughs> now, now notice this, though. That they looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. So they got it that he was ref- that he was referring to them, and they didn't like it, and and they said we, we're going to get this guy now. Uh, that's too much. Um, now th- th- there was there was um, uh, and there are other texts, Gary, that indicate that the Jewish rejection of Jesus signified their end as God's chosen ethnic nation. There are others. Uh, Matthew Matthew chapter eight uh, talks about it. Uh, the kingdom will be taken from you and given to another. Mm. Uh, to, to another to another people, um, and then then we come to to Matthew chapter twenty three, uh, where we where we find these words where Jesus uh, Jesus uh, Matthew twenty three Jesus says Jerusalem Jerusalem you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing these are telling words Gary mm. Jesus notice it says how often in other words it, it's not just like a once it's, it's something that's happened right through history isn't it exactly right Yeah, right yeah. through history and even with the coming of Jesus uh, repeatedly he, he, he tried to reach out to them and to, to woo them to him and um, and uh, and he says they he says to them you would not and then the next is the key verse notice this verse 38 look your house is left to you desolate mm. 
Do you understand what happened there, Gary? I- Israel is no longer God's chosen nation. Um, and so what we now find... How important it is that we understand what you're saying here. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, there's a shift now. And there's a shift. And, and the shift that we find is, as we go on now and we read into the New Testament further, we find that all those who believe in Jesus as their Savior and Lord become what we could call spiritual Israel. There's that shift. Okay, now now this is really key, this issue of spiritual Israel. Who then, you're saying anyone who accepts Jesus Christ becomes spiritual Israel. That's right, yeah. And, and now it can be ethnic Jews, Gary. It was initially. Uh, Jesus' disciples, who were, who were the apostles, they, they were Jewish, weren't they? Mm-hmm. They were Jewish, uh, but they accepted him as the Messiah. Paul talks about this, doesn't he? That's right. And he, and he goes on in, in, in Romans 11, especially. Well, actually, Romans chapters 9 through to 11, they've got, got this long treatise. And, and Romans 11 is fascinating because he uses the analogy of an olive tree. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's an actually uh, talking about how the, the olive tree is, is Israel. Uh, some branches are, are, are cut off, but others are going to be grafted in. And the ones that are grafted in, are, he refers to as being the, the Gentiles who've come to faith, mm. who, who've accepted accepted Jesus Christ as the Saviour. But notice they actually grafted in. So so what we find, I said before there's a shift, Gary, but there's also, there is also this sense of continuity, and that's the beauty of Scripture. Scripture is, it has this unity and, and continuity to it. Uh, and he talks about it in, in Romans 9, 5, and 6, and then again in, 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 chapter, uh, in chapter 11, um, uh, where, where it refers here to um, uh, the people being being grafted in. I, th- I think probably the, the best is, is, is Romans chapter 11 there, isn't it? Um, uh, where he, ver- reading there from um, verse uh, 17, um, about some branches that have been broken off, and though you, a wild shoot, have been grafted in now to uh, now to share in the nourishing sap. It, it, the analogy he's is speaking to the Gentiles, to the Romans at that particular point in that, time. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, he's saying they are now uh, grafted in a, as part of the people of God. Mm. So what you find is you, you find the Jews who who accepted Jesus. They like the stock, the the, the, the plant itself. And the, the believers, um, the Gentiles who have come to faith are grafted in into one new plant that, that, that represents God's, God's people. And so believers in Christ now become the new true Israel. Um, and it goes on even clearer. I mean, Galatians is, is really the, the, the classic passage we, um, that, that really looks at this. Galatians chapter 3. If we have a look at this one, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through to 29 almost. So in Christ Jesus, you are. It, it says here, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have closed yourselves with Christ. Now notice this in verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, n- neither is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. He has just adopted in a multitude yeah. of uh, of Gentile worshippers, hasn't he? That's right. That's uh, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And you know that gives us incredible hope for you know those of us who don't come 
from a from a Jewish background because you know I mean it, it it's such a beautiful thought that we actually serve a God that's saying hey look I want to adopt in a multitude of sons and daughters. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. And um, he, he, elsewhere in, in Galatians six, it talks about the circumcision means nothing, uncircumcision means nothing. But what it is is faith, faith that works, faith, faith in Christ. It, it clearly uh, shows us that it's acceptance of Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord. Now, it shouldn't actually surprise us, also, Gary, because back in Isaiah, there were there were hints of that that Gentiles were going to be able to be included in the Indeed. people of God. Indeed. Again, there's the beauty of it. This, this is it's not this compartmentalized where we've got this Old Testament picture and now we've got a completely disjointed or or, or a, quite a distinct New Testament picture. There is a beautiful harmony that runs through and it. You actually we have see to be that. consistent. You yeah. actually see that in Hebrews 11, don't you? You know, because in Hebrews 11 you get this story, you know, Abraham, how was he saved? Mm. Was he saved by law? No, he wasn't. He was mm. saved by faith, you know. Isaac and Jacob, how were they saved? By faith, you know. And you go right through all the, uh, the great uh, the characters of the Old Testament. And what Paul's point is in Hebrews 11 is all these people were actually saved by faith. And, uh, you know, I love, that's why it's called the great faith chapter. Yeah. You know, people in the Old Testament were saved in exactly the same way as those in the New Testament days. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, uh, and so the Bible is clear, Gary. It teaches that the kingdom of God has been taken from the Jews as a nation, and uh, now that every person who is a believer in Christ is now is, is now spiritual Israel. So, as we've said, there's a beautiful unity and continuity here. Mm. We could say it this way, uh, as, as has been expressed: the Christian Church has not replaced Israel. Rather, the church is the continuity of the Old Testament Israel. It has only replaced the Jewish nation. Mm. And I like that. I think that's a, that's a good way that, of putting it. That's a wonderful way. That's a wonderful way of putting it together. And so then we're left with, okay, what does that mean for Israel? Well, it, it's the same as anybody else. It's a matter of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. And what about the promises for the land? Well, apart from the fact, Gary, that we saw that um, – those Old Testament references were fulfilled with their return from Babylon in exile. Apart from that, what we find also is when we continue reading through to the end of Scripture, through to the end of the New Testament, through especially through to the end of Revelation, we find that there's the promise of God creating a new heaven and a new earth a new land for, to restore for his restored and redeemed people. And so essentially those promises are then going to be fulfilled after the second coming of Jesus when he creates a new heaven and a new earth as outlined in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. That's, that's a really beautiful picture that you've actually painted there. But just tell me, you know, how do you become part of this Christian Israel of God? You know, I mean, how do you join that? Does Paul's parable help us at all on this one? Well, it does. Yeah, uh, you're referring to Romans. Yeah, uh, the one. Yeah, the the, the olive um, talking about uh, be, being being grafted in, and 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 essentially it comes to uh, how we join it is 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 by faith. You you alluded to Hebrews chapter eleven. It's the same way as it was in the Old Testament. Uh, same also uh, in in the New. Um, and um, and and so it is uh, nowadays for us for us as well, Gary. That it is it it is it is by faith. Um, and and I think that um, 
uh, j- just just looking it up here, uh, w- where he talks about it here, um, th- th- they broke th- those branches that were broken off were broken off because of unbelief, hmm. uh, which means that the way to stay in it is and to be grafted in is is by faith, by by, by belief. Um, and uh, and then what we find, what I read here in Galatians three again is significant. Um, in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God through faith. Mm. We were baptized into Christ, have clothed ourselves with him, and therefore there is neither Jew nor Gentile, for we become one in Christ through faith. So it's when a person um, understands that Jesus has come as the Savior of the world mm. and puts their faith and trust in him that they become a child of God. When a person accepts Jesus Christ, they become a child of God. If yeah. you like, they become a spiritual Israelite. They become part of, if you like, the the church invisible. You know, I like that. Is, yep. is, does that? Yep. Is that reasonable? I think very reasonable, very reasonable. And and what we find is that's the focus that the New Testament moves us towards, uh, directing us, which 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 means that no matter where we are, or who we are, yeah. we can become part of His. His body, his 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 church, as you said, his invisible church, and it's not a matter of geography now. Yeah, it's not a matter of territory or geography. Um, it's a matter of have I come to faith in Jesus Christ? That that is really beautiful picture that you've actually painted, Joseph. Let's pray together, mm-hmm. Father in heaven, Lord. I just come to you right now, Lord. We want to say thank you for the wonderful things that you have done for us through Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm just so conscious that there may be some people out there right now who have uh, never come to accept you as their Lord and their God. Uh, Lord, they may not recognize that they are already part of the Israel of God, that they are part of spiritual Israel, that they are part of the church invisible. Lord, I just want to pray right now that you might touch them by your Holy Spirit, that person. Uh, Lord, I pray that if they put their hand to you and say, Lord, take my life. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you might stamp on them a spiritual Israel. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for giving us your word that we might understand uh, the, uh, the incredible truth that you've given to us for this time. Uh, Lord, we ask, we pray, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it uh, it does look like our our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Joseph Matichik on Drive Time. Big Q and A. Please join us tomorrow when the Drive Time team ask, "What about the secret rapture? Is isn't that taught in Scripture?" Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, "I'm leaving you with a gift." Peace of mind and heart and the peace that I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May a God richly bless you. Please enjoy Kathleen Carnelli, uh, Micah 6 8. For he has shown thee, O man, what is good and his right plan. Let this be our desire To do justly To love
For he has shown